Hello everyone and welcome back to another odd and macabre episode of Vamp Jen's Corner, an extension of my official blog site of the same name, which you can visit at jenvasquez.com. I'm your host, Vamp Jennifer, or Jen, whatever suits your fancy. So the podcast was on a bit of a hiatus the last three months or so while I focused on my website and other writing projects and tried to plan more episodes to give you all just a little insight on what I've been up to before I dive into this episode. I finally attended a couple of events this past summer. I went to a Midsummer Scream event, which was a lot of fun. I also attended a cabaret show put on by the Black Veils, and that was amazing. I put up blog posts about both on my site if anyone's interested in reading about those. Um, Let's see, what else? Just writing, writing, and more writing, really. I have some fun things I'll be checking out in October. My birthday is in October on the 17th, and I always love to do a ton of spooky stuff to celebrate, so I plan to share what I do on my site and on social media when I can. I have this theory that because my birthday is exactly two weeks before All Hallows Eve that I'm somehow aligned with the spooky season. I know, it sounds crazy, but I myself am strange and unusual. Um, And there is an announcement I want to make concerning the podcast, which I'll save for the end of the episode. I don't want to bore anyone with those details if you're not interested. Alright, well enough of that. Let's dig in. We're officially in the fall season, spookiness is in the air, and I thought, why not kick off season two with a discussion about Halloween celebrations across the globe? As always, I'll include whatever links I can in the show notes to where you can find the blog post version of this episode and any relevant links to the content discussed. Let's begin. Although these days Halloween has become known for costumes, trick-or-treating, and haunts, the history behind the holiday stretches far back in time, nearly 2,000 years ago with the Celts, who celebrated Samhain between October 31st and November 1st. Eventually, with the spread of Christianity, the Celtic tradition would be absorbed into All Saints Day November 1st and All Souls Day November 2nd. Interestingly, the Christian Church celebrated All Souls Day in a similar way to Samhain, maintaining customs such as building bonfires and donning costumes. The origin of the term Halloween is the Middle English word meaning All Saints Day, All Hallow Mess. In time, the night before November 1st would be referred to as All Hallows Eve, and then as Halloween. From America to Asia, celebrations of this holiday have spread worldwide, with countries commemorating the day in diverse and fascinating ways. Following is just a small fraction of what Halloween festivities take place. Of course, we must start with where Halloween began. Samhain is an ancient tradition that is still celebrated in its country of origin, Ireland. Age-old rituals such as bonfires and dressing up in costume are still held. In addition to trick-or-treating, some kids play friendly gags on neighbors. An Irish fruit cake called Barmbrack is also eaten on this day and used as a means of fortune telling. Small objects such as coins and rings are baked inside the cake, signifying wealth and marriage. In terms of festivals, there's a Dairy Halloween Festival, which I'm pretty sure was formerly known as the Thanks of Foil Halloween Carnival when I wrote the original blog post in 2019. It happens in the city of Derry and is considered Europe's biggest All Hallows Eve celebration with people traveling from all over the world to experience it. It spans across a few days and features games for kids, 
haunts, live entertainment, and plenty of other spooky activities. I checked and this event is happening this year after being canceled in 2020. It'll be held from October 29th to October 31st, plus 2021 marks its 35th anniversary. So they planned something extra special and the theme is Awakening the Walled City. If you're lucky enough to be local or are planning to travel to Derry for the event, I would love to hear what the festivities are like. You can always contact me via my website and just send an email telling me you went and are interested in sharing your experience and I can read it in a future episode. Another is Spirits of Meath in Boyne Valley, which is recognized as the birthplace of Halloween. The festival usually begins in early October and continues into the beginning of November. There are haunts, ghostly tours, and occult-inspired attractions. So for this event, there were no updates if it was taking place this year last I checked, but definitely take a look at their website to get more of an idea of what has happened in the past. I also came across another Halloween event happening in Ireland. An entertainer named Ken O'Malley is going to host a Samhain tour that kicks off October 27th and lasts until November 5th. Reading the itinerary, it seems really interesting. It travels to Dublin, Derry, and Belfast. There are a lot of iconic sites that are going to be visited. And what I found super exciting, the tour takes you to the big Halloween festival in Derry, which if I'm not mistaken, is the one I just mentioned, Derry Halloween. All right, moving on. Who wouldn't want a party in Transylvania on October 31st? The birthplace of La Tepeche is a popular destination for those wanting to pay homage to a vampire legend while celebrating Halloween. And there is a special ball that is thrown at Grand Castle, also known as Dracula Castle, in Romania. Okay, so I do have to clarify that no evidence indicates that Vlad the Impaler lived in this castle, but because the historical landmark closely resembles the structure described in Bram Stoker's novel, it's become associated with Dracula. Now, I've found that various travel agencies offer Transylvania tours that include the event at the castle as part of the itinerary, and I did mention a couple in one of my earlier episodes. I believe it was the Dracula Day episode. Revelers dress up in costume, enjoy live music and entertainment, plus indulge in mystical adult beverage concoctions while surrounded by historic architecture. It does seem like these tours are still taking place and I think it'd be amazing to celebrate Halloween in a country that carries such strong ties to vampire legends. Now, let's talk about the Kawasaki Halloween Parade. Keep in mind the information I'm sharing was before the pandemic. The parade was canceled in 2020 and there's no word if it'll happen this year. This event began in 1997 and has grown to become the largest Halloween parade in Japan. Taking place south of Tokyo during the last weekend of October, people come in throngs to witness the festivities. The 2018 celebration drew about 120,000 spectators, setting a new record number of attendees for the parade. The festival is free unless you want to participate. For those who want to do more than just watch, a maximum of 2,500 individuals are welcome to walk in the parade, which runs the length of nearly a mile. Registration is required two months in advance and there is a small fee to join. From the images I saw, participants get quite creative with their costumes and makeup. 
from stitched up mouths to blood dripping down faces and clothes. The looks are incredible. Past themes have included near futuristic costume and dance, zombie and horror, street culture and dance, and drag queen and sexuality free party. The last event held in 2019 also featured a pride parade. After the bone chilling procession, there would be an award ceremony for best costume and an after party in the evening. Like I mentioned, I couldn't find any information for the Kawasaki parade for 2021 but hopefully we'll see its return in 2022. This next occasion I'm about to delve into is special to me because of my Mexican heritage. It is believed that on Dia de los Muertos, the Day of the Dead, the veil between the realms of the living and the dead is thinnest. Occurring on November 1st and 2nd, Dia de los Muertos is a celebration of death. Families gather to honor the memory of loved ones who have passed and commemorate the ending of life in a positive way. Although it should not be thought of as a Mexican version of Halloween, I'm including this event here because it shares similarities with European pagan traditions like Samhain, which acknowledge the ending of life and seasonal cycles during this time of year. The Day of the Dead has indigenous roots and was celebrated by the Aztecs and Nahuatl tribes about 3,000 years ago. The natives believed because death was a natural part of life, that it should not be feared and that the dead needn't be mourned but wish well on their journey in the afterlife. With the arrival of the Spaniards, the tradition would become partially influenced by Catholic and European customs. Sugar skulls and skeletons are synonymous with the fate, as well as people painting their faces as skulls. The skeletal figure Katrina has also become a significant symbol of the holiday. But do you know where it comes from? The Catrina first emerged in a painting by Diego Rivera called Sueño de una tarde dominical en la Alameda Central. In English, this translates to Dream of a Sunday Afternoon in Alameda Park. I recommend looking the piece up. It is beautiful and vibrant and I wish I could hang it on my dark art wall here at home. Altars called ofrendas in Spanish are erected in homes and cemeteries and adorned with candles, photos of the departed, food, drinks, and marigolds. They are a focal point of Dia de los Muertos and welcome spirits back to the living world. So this year I really want to put one up in my home. It's been something I've wanted to do for a long time and I hope to do that and hold a small ritual in remembrance of people I know who have passed. Besides Mexico and the rest of Latin America, the occasion is also celebrated in the U.S., especially here in Los Angeles, where there is a major Mexican and Latinx population. Several events happen, but one I will mention is the festivities at Hollywood Forever Cemetery, which drew thousands of costume people to the grounds. Live entertainment, artisans, Aztec dancers were also featured. A virtual event was held last year, but this year the official website shows they're bringing back the in-person festival. I'm sure there will be more restrictions and a limitation of the number of attendees allowed given current circumstances, but it's slated to happen on Saturday, October 30th, and they plan to post more details about ticket sales and all that jazz soon, so I'll put a link to that website in the show notes for anyone interested. Lastly, let's touch upon Halloween galas in the United States. 
The celebration of Halloween in colonial America was practically non-existent except in a few states, such as Maryland. It was around the late 19th century when a wave of immigrants arrived that festivities would begin to pop up. The Irish, for instance, introduced their Halloween traditions, which would gradually interweave with American customs. Trick-or-treating and Halloween parties were on the rise during the early 20th century, but remained secular, focusing more on community and omitting any obvious references to pagan traditions. Today, though, it's celebrated in diverse ways across the states. All Hallows' Eve festivities are abundant, so I'll just mention a couple of them here. Many of you have heard me mention Father Sebastian's Endless Night Vampire Ball plenty of times. Hopefully you're not too tired of me bringing it up. The gala happens at various times throughout the year around the world, but the one that coincides with Halloween takes place in New Orleans, and this year it's happening at House of Blues on October 30th. In case you haven't heard me talk about it before, Endless Night is akin to a Venetian masquerade ball. Attendees dressed to the nines in elaborate costumes and fangs to partake in live entertainment and libations. I've had fun when I've gone to the event here in LA. Not into vampires. It's okay. I love them, but I promise my feelings won't be hurt. Well, you may want to check out the Salem Witches Halloween Ball in Salem, Massachusetts. It's an evening where revelers can immerse in music, magic, and rituals. And I checked and an event is happening on, get this, the same night as the Endless Night Vampire Ball, October 30th. Is there about to be a throwdown between witches and vampires? I hope not. Both events, though, seem to promise a lot of entertainment, but if you're not located in either of these cities, like myself, don't despair. Check what's happening in your local neighborhood. A lot of haunters set up haunted house attractions in their front yards, and amusement parks are bringing back their haunt events. This is far from an exhaustive list of celebrations worldwide, but it at least gives you a hint of how the 31st was acknowledged on a few continents. More than just a holiday about ghouls and goblins, Halloween keeps alive the tradition of a people that lived thousands of years ago. In some way, we collectively revive the Celtic spirit on this day every year. Thank you all for joining me on another episode of Amgen's Corner, the first one of season two. I hope you enjoyed it. So about the announcement I mentioned I wanted to make, I've been doing a lot of thinking about the future schedule for the podcast. Um, when I started the show, my plan was to release new episodes bi-weekly on Wednesdays. I managed to do that for season one, but it was a bit tricky, I'll admit. I want to keep fresh content coming to the Vamp Gents Corner blog, but I do want to also continue delivering podcast recordings when I can. So this season I'm doing one episode per month through December for a total of four new episodes. I plan to take another little break from podcasting after the holidays, and I think instead of sticking to a set schedule, I'm going to come out with episodes when I have really good content to share. That could be once every month or every few months, or it could be more frequent if I have an abundance of content that I feel I should create an episode for. Um, I like Wednesdays being the day I release new episodes. Maybe it has something to do with Wednesday Adams. <laughs> so that will stay the same. My point in doing this is to balance what I'm creating for my site and on this platform. 
I want to keep doing the podcast, but I also want the quality to be good. So in order for me to do that, I'm going to spread out when I release new episodes so that basically you're not listening to crap, but not to worry. I don't plan to abandon the podcast. Again, you can visit my official website at jenvasquez.com where you'll find my latest content and what I've been up to. I've also set up a donations page on there where you can contribute any dollar amount if you'd like to support my work, or you can click on the donations link in the show notes. Funds will go to things like web hosting, equipment, upgrades, and other costs related to producing my content. Any contribution is greatly appreciated. You can also find me on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at jenvofficial. And I just want to say it's great to be back and I look forward to celebrating the spooky season with you all. Until next time, stay autumn macabre.